Hey everybody, welcome back to The Real Story Podcast. Today's author interview with Samantha M. Bailey is one of my favorite conversations I've had in quite some time, not only because of her infectious energy and just enthusiasm and gratitude, but just for the way that she approaches her mindset and journey in being a published author. She was such a breath of fresh air in all the ways. Um, If you are not familiar with Samantha Bailey's work, she is the USA Today and number one nationally bestselling author of Woman on the Edge, which has sold in 11 countries. And then she is also the author of the instant number one national bestseller, Watch Out for Her. Um, She is an incredible thriller writer. I devoured both of her books. And as she talks about her journey and how how much time and care she took with these novels, it's it's kind of explanatory in why she was so successful. Um, and I know that when we hear things like instant number one <laughs> bestseller, number one, you know, overnight sensation, nothing in this industry is overnight. And Samantha and I really talk deeply about that today. Um, In addition just to being an amazing author, she's also a journalist and freelance editor. Her work has appeared in Now Magazine, The Village Post, The Thrill Begins, The Crime Hub. Um, She lives in Toronto, so she is published in Toronto and is really, really excited about breaking out more into the U.S. Um, So I would love for you guys to... You know, it's always nice to connect with these authors after you hear these interviews and these podcasts, but really support authors by buying their books, by leaving reviews. She is so lovely, so responsive, so communicative, um, especially with her readers and her community. I love her attitude about social media. You know, I'm so grumpy (laughs) and disgruntled about it. So it was really wonderful to hear someone who is just enjoying the process and who really takes it one day at a time. So if you are an author, a reader, an aspiring author, this interview today will not only rejuvenate you, I know it rejuvenated me, but really give you a lovely perspective on what it means to be a published author and how not to get too ahead of yourself, but really take it one day at a time. Enjoy the interview. Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being here. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. All right, Samantha. Okay, welcome, first of all, to the Real Story Podcast. I think both of us were at Thriller Fest, but I think it was so crazy we didn't even see each other. I don't think we crossed paths. It was such a such a blur. But you have two amazing thrillers out, Woman on the Edge and Watch Out for Her, which I absolutely devoured. Um, and before we get into all that, I'd love to just first kind of hear about your writing journey and your particular path to publication. If you were one of those dream stories where it all just happened so organically, or if there was more of a struggle along the way. 
Um, <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah, yeah Because <laughs> I'm more on the struggle bus kind of yeah. kind of writer. Um, and first of all, I, I did I even know you were at Thriller Fest? It, it was. It was oh, it was war. crazy. That was the dream. Oh my God, was that the best? I think yeah, one of the best times of my life. Totally. Um, my journey. So I'm 49 now. You look amazing. Um, thank you. It is the excellent lighting that we talked about. <laughs> you have really good lighting. <laughs> um, but thank you. And so 49 now. I have been writing since I was 10 years old. So when I say long, like, I mean, like lifetime long. So at 10 years old, I submitted my first short story to a publisher and it was my first rejection. That's amazing though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just, I always wanted this. I always, always wanted to be a writer. And when I was 10, I was like, oh, you send in your book and then they accept it and then you become famous. And that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. That's what people think. <laughs> yes. And oddly, although fame, I have to say, it's not fame that, I, that, I, that I'm necessarily looking for. It's, it's personal satisfaction. Um, but at 29, I was still naive because I wrote uh, two edgy rom-coms. I used to write really edgy rom-coms. And I signed with a big New York City agent quickly. And I thought my Sex in the City dreams, my Carrie Bradshaw life was, you know, <laughs> just about to come true. And so that agent put two books out on submission to editors. And um, little did I know that Chicklet had just died. <laughs> there was a whole headline yep. in the New York Times, I think. And so um, both those books were resoundingly rejected. And, and maybe, you know, they just weren't the right books or they, they just weren't, you know, good enough books, whatever it was. And so I wasn't going to give up. I, I wanted it so much. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do next? So that agent and I amicably parted ways. Well, I thought, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to dig deep into my soul. And what I really want to write is, is really dark stuff. So I started writing darker and darker women's fiction. And I wrote two more books mm -hmm. and I spent the next eight years trying to find an agent for them wow yeah, yeah. and nobody wanted them <laughs> I got really nice passes and really nice comments and you know I am uh, the queen of revision because I'm a masochist so I love to tear things down and revise it so did it over and over again but it just it wasn't going to go anywhere and then one fateful day I was standing on a subway platform in Toronto and the idea for Woman on the Edge hit me like a lightning bolt. And I knew that if any book was going to get me what I wanted, it was going to be that. And if that didn't get me where I wanted, I really, I, I never wanted to stop. I just wasn't sure what I was going to do. But like, okay, let's do this. So I wrote the book and I signed with my current incredible agent who had passed on three other books of mine. Yes. Oh, I love that you came back and kept. Oh, I kept coming back. I was like, I was like, Jenny, Jenny, come on. Like, seriously, just take one, take one. Yes. And then she signed me. And then um, we spent three and a half years revising the book. Three and a half years. Yeah. Holy yeah. Is and, and it, but it wasn't, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a constant three and a half years. You know, mm -hmm. she'd have it for a few months. I'd have it for a few months. We took breaks in between. But we both had the same goal for me to write the very, very best book that I could. And that's always my goal. 
and to get it to the point where editors couldn't or wouldn't say no. Yes. And um, that's so a woman on the edge came out uh, 2019 in Canada, March, 2020 in the U S <laughs> <laughs> uh, a week, a week before the pandemic, but woman on the edge. And then um, woman on the edge, Simon and Schuster, Canada um, bought it. And my editor is Nita Pranovo, who is also known as Nita Prose, the author of The Maid, number one New York Times bestseller. And Simon & Schuster Canada completely changed my life. Oh. Completely. It is uh, both, both my books um, are number one bestsellers in Canada. It's amazing. And to go, it's surreal. So to go from that 10-year-old little girl to the 29-year-old, to the, you know, all those years. When I go into a bookstore, when I see my book on one of the lists or whatever it is, in my head, I am still revising. I am still that girl who wants this, not the girl who got it. It's such a weird I love that to be in. What do you attribute getting to number one? Because, you know, uh, so many people romanticize this industry, which we'll talk about, but they want that number one status. It's like, that's what they're chasing. That's their dream. But a lot of authors I've talked to literally say they got to number one by luck and timing. It wasn't anything they planned for or they could orchestrate. But what what do you attribute that to? Was it your team? Was it the strength of the strong book taking the time for revisions? What was it? I will say this. Um, I truly don't think I'm any more deserving of that number one spot than any other author. We're all so hardworking. Yeah. Everyone has so much talent. There are so many incredible books out there. So I truly know how lucky I am. Um, I'm very grateful. If I could recreate it in every territory where my books are sold, <laughs> sure, sure. then I would. And so if I knew the, the secret sauce, um, yeah. I would attribute it to an absolutely phenomenal team. Yeah. My publishing team, my agent, the support of the authors my outstanding readers yes my readers are they have embraced my books and me in a way i just didn't even know existed it's amazing i am i'm such a fangirl of authors mm-hmm. um but i i i don't know if before this i i ever reached out to an author i sure. wish i had sure i was too scared too shy i thought why would they you know really want to hear from me but when people reach out to me, it's, it's everything. So I think readers, the author community, the whole book community, and I, I, I don't know that, yeah, luck and t- luck, timing, and the people I have working with me. Absolutely. I mean, that's amazing because not all authors get those great teams. I mean, you hear about authors who, I mean, I've been in that position as well where, kind of similar story with the book that kind of changed everything for me. It came to me in in a flash, literally in a flash. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But with each subsequent book, I had a four book deal and my team unfortunately did less and less and less and less. And I just felt kind of like lost in the shuffle, which was disappointing because as you said, so many authors like work so hard not to get to a particular point, but they're doing it because they love it. And it's the fabric of who they are. So 
really understanding, I work with a lot of authors, like understanding what questions to ask, how to actually choose the publisher or choose your agent versus the other way. Like you are the one that has to feel really comfortable and, and understand that relationship because it is a reciprocal. It should be a reciprocal relationship between you and your team. Um, and so not everyone looks out like that. So I think that's incredible that you have such a great team behind you. Well, you said so many interesting things. First, you're talking about not my daughter. That was, you know, the not, yeah, that, yeah, such an inc incredible book. Oh. oh, that book touched me so much. I read it so long ago and I, I still remember it. And, and I would I, revise absolutely everything about that book. Of course. That's why I'll <laughs> never, I never. What was I doing? Again. Yeah. I never, I never, I can't, I can't. No, I never read, I, I never read books. Mm -mm. No, it would destroy me if I thought, oh, why did I use that word? Anyway. Yep. But, you know, I think everyone who gets into this business, once you're in it, you realize how tough it is. Yes. I think what people do need to understand is how tough it is. My agent once said to me, she just said the best thing, the best advice whether it's your first book or your seventh, it never gets easier. No. And success is so fleeting. So fleeting. So fleeting. So you have to, you do have to embrace it and you have to yes. soak it in and you have to appreciate it. Um, but it is, it, but it's so fleeting. You're only as good as your last book. There are all these yes. things in publishing. And I think, you know, a shiny debut, a shiny new debut, is such an amazing thing. We all love debuts. Yes. We all love debut authors. We all love debuts. It's just such a wonderful time when someone bursts onto the scene. And so there's a lot of attention given. And I think, yes, so then on subsequent books, yes. a lot of it, um, I will say not in my experience. Again, I, I have really, really, I have lucked out it's with amazing. this team, you know, my publicist, marketing, um, the, the booksellers in, in Canada too, like the booksellers, the librarians, all of yes. this, this support that I have. But um, so much of it, it is up to us. Like we yes. do have to constantly promote ourselves, put ourselves out there, um, show up, uh, you know, just keep going and going and going. And that's hard because as exhilarating as all of this is, um, it can also be soul destroying, yes. draining. It can be exhausting. And I think all of us reach that point of collapse mm -hmm. where we have to step away from social media for a little bit, where we have yep. to just clear our minds and get off the stage for, for a bit. Which is so hard to do when you are working to stay relevant. Like, I think, you know, in my experience, it's like, if you're not putting out a book a year, you're, you're not forgotten about because you, you do get a, a wonderful arsenal of readers and people who are waiting for your books, but it can feel like a lot of pressure to constantly be quote unquote on. And I want to talk a little bit about that. We talk about marketing and social media on this podcast all the time, because I am an, an author who would love to be an author without social media, which is so hard because I want to write. I, I did not sign up to necessarily be a saleswoman or a marketing guru. So do you, how do you feel about just marketing and social media as an author, what have you found to be the most helpful? Do you enjoy it? How do you allot your time for it? Just kind of take me through your thoughts on that. 
So it's interesting. I'm a Gemini. <gasps> my daughter's a Gemini. Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> it is because we have two sides to us. Yes. We have two sides to us. And I'm also an ambervert. So I, I love people. I love connecting with people. I'm energized by people. I am fascinated by people. I love to learn about them, talk to them, get to know them. But then there's also the side of me that very much needs my alone time, very much needs my space. Yes. Very much just needs to chill on my own. Yes. And have um, my privacy. And so with social media, there are things I absolutely love. I love, and, and, and I'm a reader, I'm a voracious reader. So I love connecting with other readers. I love connecting with authors. I love um, just building a community, the support, the love. I like to feel good, to make other people feel good. I just love all of that. Yeah. It just makes me so happy. So I love to do that. And during the pandemic, it was so isolating. And so everyone I was connecting with online, especially the authors who understand, we understand each other, we get yes. each other, we just, we live the same lives. So it is of utmost importance to me. I do feel terrible sometimes um, when I feel like I'm posting too much about myself. Sure. When I post photos of myself, when I, you know, I'm like, guess what I did? Oh, look, here's my art piece <laughs> about me. Here's an article about me. But at the same time, if I don't do it, I'll regret it because I have not embraced every second. Kay Tucker said to me, I remember we went out for dinner, Kay Tucker. Um, we'd gone out for dinner with a bunch of Canadian authors. She's a beloved Canadian author. And she said, you have to embrace every opportunity, no fear. Yes. I took that to heart because that's what I try to do because again, it's so fleeting. Yeah. Tomorrow, this could all change. Tomorrow I could die. There's a thriller right. author. I think about that all the time. Of course, murder and death. <laughs> right? So I, I do feel, but there is, but is, there is that, that, you know, moment where I'm like, God, people must be so sick of me. I uh, also keep most of my social media about me and mm -hmm. my friends. I have never posted a photo of my two children yep. or of my uh, husband yep. or, uh, yeah, I never, ever um, post my family or anything really because I chose to be in the public eye. I chose to do this. They are not, that's not their life. This is my identity. This is my, my little world. So I do treat social media as, as a business, mm -hmm. as a place to find my community of readers and writers and to connect about books. Um, I try every winter and every summer to take a week or two off. Yes. But that's very hard when I'm right in the midst of promoting Right. Watch out for her, which came out April 26th, and I'm writing my next book. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do, you know, sometimes I'm off social media, but then I get that feeling like I and sometimes I get that that FOMO feeling. Oh, sure. Of course. Where I feel so relaxed because I've taken a couple of days off, and then all these people are posting about all these awesome, you know, events and things going on, and I want to communicate with them, but then I'm like, sure. oh no, you promised yourself. Yep. It's, yeah, it's a real, a real 
mind spin, I'll say. <laughs> it is. And it's a bit addictive. I mean, you know, and just again, that need to feel like we're part of the conversation and staying relevant. I'm, I've currently been taking a, a huge chunk of time off. And ironically, I was like, I'm going to unfollow people that I didn't even know that I was following. So I went through and I pruned like over a thousand people. Cause I really want to get it down to just like the readers and authors that I, that really like fill me up. And just to show you though, how we don't own this content, Instagram has blocked me. They think I'm a, a business that's like following and unfollowing people. So I cannot comment on anybody's stuff. I cannot, um, it's why you posted about being on this podcast. I can respond to you in direct messages. I can't like anything. I can't comment. So they blocked me for like two weeks. And I'm like, what about if I was in the middle of promoting my book right now? And I could not communicate with people. And it's one of the issues that I have the most with it is because we don't own it. And at any point, our account could be deleted. We say the wrong thing. So trying to, I'm always trying to drive people like to my newsletter or not keep them static on there, but take them somewhere where it doesn't just exist there because it, it can be a little bit fragile, which is, which is interesting. Um, but I want to go back to, okay, so you've had this dream since you were 10. You went through this kind of arduous process to get there. You're number one. Are you now, or have you always been a full-time writer? And if so, does it sustain you financially? I think this is a, a real big misconception about being a writer is like, I'm a best-selling author. And then, oh, you must just, you must just rake in the cash. And some, some do. Some don't. Um, a lot of people don't know how we get paid as authors. Um, but talk to me a little bit about that. Like if you are a full-time writer, how how have you been able to do that and how does it work for you? Um, so that's a really good question. I think anyone who is raking in the cash, yeah, again, it's fleeting, right? We yes, all know fleeting. that it's there's oh, nothing God. stable <laughs> about this. There's nothing steady, right. there's nothing stable, there's nothing constant about it. But um, so so currently a full-time writer, but I was not always a full-time writer. So I was a, um, uh, a teacher for a very, very long time. I taught uh, for a very long time. And then I, um, once my second child, my daughter was born 12 years ago, I decided I wanted to work from home. It seemed like the coolest, most awesome thing to be my own boss. So I, I have a master's in applied linguistics. And, uh, um, and so, and I also, um, uh, was, a, was a, a journalist, but a freelance journalist. So I would, you know, pitch pieces and I would get them published. And so I opened my own editing business. Amazing. Um, and then I loved it. And I would, uh, in the end, I guess about after 10 years, I tailored it to just doing manuscript editing pretty much. So I was doing mostly manuscript editing for other authors and I, Loved it. I loved it. I was not raking in the cash, um, sure. nor was I raking in the cash from journalism. Um, but uh, it was wonderful because I could be there for my kids who are now 12 and 15. But at the time I could, you know, uh, volunteer at the school and I could be on parent council. And yes. I, could just, I could just be present in all these different areas of my life and have my own identity. Yeah. And then when Woman on the Edge came out, I was very lucky to be able to become a full-time writer. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I can actually live on 
very little. I don't yeah. need a lot. I don't have a lot of things. I don't want a lot of things. Me neither. Most, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> your tiny house. And your, you know, your little, your tiny house. That's it. All, yeah, all I need is like a she shed at some point. Yes, a little tiny, tiny writing studio. Um, I Almost every cent of my money is from my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I will, I will sacrifice, give everything, everything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fine. You know, maybe if I could take a vacation once in a while, uh, sure. afford the lighting. And, yes. You know. That's money well spent because you look fabulous. Yeah. Oh, well, but um, I, yeah, so I don't need a lot. So at the moment I am somewhat sustaining a career, but I also, you know, have a partner. Yes. So it is not just me. So yeah. I have a partner who works and um, so I'm not alone trying to raise my kids and all of that. Um, uh, whether or not I will be able to continue sustaining this, I don't know. Yeah. I, my, my feeling about publishing in general is I always have no expectations, but very high hopes. And I really take everything one step and one word at a time. Oh, I love that. I, I can't see any other way because otherwise, if I start thinking about all the all the possibilities or all the things you know I want but I haven't gotten or whatever it is, then I'll then I'm gonna be panicked and I'm gonna be stilted and I'm gonna be frozen. Sure. Right. So I just look at it that way. If I can't sustain it any longer, then I'll they'll find something else or I'll find other avenues of writing. There are different avenues. Oh, so many. So many, which is amazing. And so you don't have expectations, which I love hopes, but not expectations. Do you set goals for yourself though? Like, do you have those kind of, you know, far reaching goals that you're like, oh, if I get this, like, then that is what it means to me to be a successful author. Or are you just kind of in the flow with things? Sort of both. So for me, success truly, truly to me, like I said, means personal satisfaction. Yes. Um, the only person I'm competing with is myself. Yes. I, I have zero desire, I have zero inclination to compete with anyone else. It's just no, every Absolutely. other, yeah, every author to me is an inspiration, is a motivation. Um, and while I see what others have that I perhaps, yes, I want for me as well, mm-hmm. it is not what, it's not what drives me. No. Yeah. What drives me is creating the very best book I can. Yes. Ripping my soul apart and just just knowing, knowing when I get to the end of a book that I can be proud of that work, um, that I can uh, stay present in my life, that health and happiness (laughs) are my own. Yes. I want to be on the New York Times. (laughs) I want to see my book on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I want... Yes, to be able to sustain a career and, you know, yes, I would love to be able to afford a bigger house, nicer vacations, all those things, but they don't drive me. So Mm -hmm. those aren't, they're not even necessarily goals. I just, I guess the same way when I was going towards publishing at all, just wanting to see my first book on a shelf. If I give it my all every day, ultimately I will get there. Ultimately, I have the feeling that if I keep going and if I believe in myself, I can truly do 
everything that I want. And if I have the support behind me, I can truly do everything I want. But it's not this burning um, motivation that is the reason behind why I'm right. Sure. And you seem, again, so utterly positive and like really enjoying this experience, which is amazing. And during, before you got the agent and got the book deal during that eight years, did you think ever think about self-publishing? And, you know, I think so many authors are now specifically are taking the power back into their hands and not wanting to wait on an industry to validate them in some way. But I'm just curious if you, if you ever during that period thought about it or have thought about it since, like, would you ever self-publish? And did you ever think about going down that, that path? Excellent question. I'm just going to come back to you, but uh, I seem so positive and I am, I'm positive and upbeat, but at the same time, I am a Gemini. Yeah. Like you have that like devilish, yes. know, devious, um, yeah. devious dark side to me. Um, Cause I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not purely all uh, lightness puppies and rainbows, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I did self-publish. I oh, did self-publish. Yeah. I did. I did. So I self-publish. Um, back in 2012. Fun. Uh, okay. I, I self-published one of those edgy rom-coms. Yeah. Uh, it was something I had avoided doing before it became um, more accessible, mm-hmm. uh, before it became something that was easier to do. Although, God, it's not easy. I would say no, it's not it, was, easy. it was one of the hardest things I ever did. But through the experience, I self-published and I loved the experience. Um, there were things I did not love. I'll tell you what I loved first. Yes, yes. What I loved was I met some of my best author friends in the whole world through that because I met them on social media. It brought me into social media. Yes. I was anti-Facebook. You know, yep. Instagram, I don't think it existed. Twitter, I have no idea if it existed. Yeah. Anti-Facebook. I had no idea why anyone would want to communicate with strangers online. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. But then suddenly I joined this, uh, this group of other self-published authors and met yeah, truly, like, they're like sisters to me, these women that I met, and, you know, men, authors, the authors that I met. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. And I met readers, and I built an audience. Um, so I, I, and I pulled that book, simply because it's now dated. Sure. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, I moved in a different path. Mm-hmm. What I didn't love was doing it all by myself. Ugh, totally. So I, and I, I hired a formatter and even though I'm an editor, I got, I hired an editor and I had, you know, I wanted to make sure that whatever was out there again was the best that I could produce. But when you self-publish, there's nobody, you don't have a team. You don't have money behind you. It's all your money. It's all your time. So authors who self-publish, I think they are absolutely amazing. Yes. Um, and the ones who have been able to make a success, there are ones and they, the other thing with self-publishing is they put out yes. book after oh, book. There's my friend, Josie Brown yeah. is now self-published and, you know, she's, I think there are 37 or 38 in her housewife assassin series. Mm-hmm. I've written two books yeah. two that have been published. And I think like, and then there's, I think, Kirsten if I'm pronouncing her right, Moglin, Moglin, Emerald O'Brien. There are these like just self-published authors who it's, um, boggles my mind. Uh, and some of them are selling like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies and just like, yeah. 
churning them out. And that's my other question. You know, I, we work with a lot of authors who most of them want to be traditionally published, but some are like, I'm not waiting a year or two. I'll just self-publish. But then the book doesn't perform the way that they were hoping because you do need that community of readers to sell a book, to market a book too. But did it perform the way that you were hoping it did or it would? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I think, okay, back then, I think I had all those dreams and those, yes. you know, yes. my book, it's going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies. And it was, you know, it did okay. It did okay. It did okay enough sure. that um, it, it, it really, um, it gave me a bit of a name. I was so lucky. I, Kobo Writing Life, um, Mark Leslie Lefebvre, he used to be the director of self-publishing at Kobo Writing Life. He yeah. was so good to me. He is a Canadian author and he took me everywhere. He took me to a party where I met Mark Atwood. He got me involved with Wattpad. He introduced me to all these authors. He um, helped me so that I was the writer in residence at BEA mm -hmm. in 2013 for oh, the Culver Writing Life Table. So I, I, you know, I got to where I'm, you know, it was so embarrassing because I did want a traditional publishing deal. So I took my self-published book and I would carry it around looking yeah. at all, you know, you're looking at all the name tags on people's chests, looking to see who an agent is. Cause you think for some reason, an agent is going to be like, Oh, you wrote that book. Of course, I'm going to sign you right here. And <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so it didn't happen, but it was so, you know, Oh my God. It was so, uh, when I look back, I'm so mortified by all these, again, naive dreams, but, but I was, but, but at the same time, it was such an exciting time. Totally. Yeah. It's a learn. It's all a learning process. Yes. That's the thing. And I mean, we have to kind of like get, get out there and get, get our hands dirty and see what works and what doesn't work. Um, Cause I think everyone's different and there's not one right way to do this or to enter into this industry. But what would you say for someone today who? might be just starting out let's say they want a traditional book deal so they want to land the agent and land the book deal how do you think or what what's the most important way that you found to build community as an author before you even have a book to put out do you think it's aspiring writers going to conferences do you think it is connecting online like what have you found to be the most helpful in building your readership reading reading Reading, because that is ultimately what's connecting all of us yeah. is our love of stories. So, you know, if reading, when you connect with an author, whether, you know, whether you are an author or, and a reader, or you're a reader and you're not an author, um, ultimately it's, it's about the love of words and love of stories. So first and foremost, because you can go to all the conferences you want, but if you're not reading. Sure. And also if you're not reading, then you're not, going to get a sense of um, how to write that book that yes. you want to write. You can, again, you can go to all the, um, all the conferences and the panels, but unless you see it done in practice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I, I read to learn. I read other authors' books to, to learn about structure and learn about twists. And, you know, maybe they do something that is so clever. Of course, I'm not going to take it, but I sure. think mm, that's a that's really interesting the way they did that. I wonder how they did that. Can I do my own take on it? And panels and conferences, I love going to them and I love um, 
being on panels and going to panels, but I think it's always the practice of something yes. that is going to get you closer to what you want because it's yes. that experience that you need. Um, and I think reaching out, so if you do go to these conferences, you know, yes, go up to the authors. We want to meet people. We want to meet all the writers. It doesn't matter if you've only written one sentence in your life. Yes. If you've written one sentence, one word, you are a writer. I have a lot of people when I'm at um, doing a panel that will say, you know, not really a writer. I've only written this, that, and I'm like, yes, but you are, but you are a writer. Why is it so hard for people to say that? Like, I am a writer, or I am an author. I, I think so many people shy away from that when they when they absolutely are. But there there is something about taking ownership and stating that, I think, that that gives you a little bit of a, a confidence kick. I think either it's because I'm very lucky. I've always had a lot of support, supportive family. Um, but I think either it's because somebody has heard you're not a writer, right. you can't do this, you'll never ah. make it as a writer. You know, so I think you have, you have a lot of people who who've heard that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some people do erroneously believe that unless you are published, yes, that you can't consider yourself a writer because then you don't belong. Right. And to me, writing, the writing community is one of the most inclusive, or at yep. least my, my world of it is, you know, in my, our, our world, you're, you know, cause you're in my world too, the, the thriller world, the, the, the suspense world, the, the, you know, all of that. Um, it is so inclusive. It is. Everybody belongs. As long as you're kind, as long as you're supportive. Yes. As long as you're not an asshole. Everyone as long as you're not a prick. <laughs> It's yeah. so true though. I've never met a more generous group of people. There's no competition, yeah. Yeah. but I think if you, if you feel like you're on the outside of that, you know, before you're published. And I remember that before I had not her daughter come out, I was just looking at all of these authors doing these amazing things. And I was romanticizing the hell out of it. And just thinking like, I'm not like the others, like I'm not, I'm not in this in this club yet. So there is a, I don't know, I think that there is this level of romanticism that we need to kind of strip away. And I mean, it's it's why I started my own company to help writers get published, to help them navigate this industry, but to also just tell it like it is, because it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And it's it's not as romantic as it sometimes seems to be. Um, it's mostly not. Romantic. It's mostly not. Yes. I was just going to say very quickly, sorry. I remember I went to VoucherCon. It was before oh, the yeah. pandemic, 2019, Woman on the Edge had something. So I felt, I did feel like I was that author who, you know, nobody knew. Sure. And I remember seeing Lisa Unger, who is yeah. now a oh, friend, gosh. and I yes. love her so much. But I, but to me, she was just, it was like seeing, and Hank's going to be Ryan, just seeing these authors. Oh, okay. Hank, best woman Hank. Oh. on the planet. I'm like, oh, my God. best friend. Oh, I, I love, love I love them. I, yeah, Lisa and Hank, just the kindest, most, and these yes. huge authors. But yes. I remember I saw, I saw Lisa and I was so scared that I whispered her name, but I'm in this huge hotel. I was like, Lisa, Lisa. But of course she can't hear me. And I was like, I was inching closer. And I was like, Lisa. But, but, and then I, I, I couldn't. I just could not make my, and I have a loud voice, but I, but I couldn't. 
oh my god Amina Akhtar I saw who wrote Kismet who wrote Fashion Victim I love her books I saw her in a bathroom the same thing I was with my friends and I said should I say something should I say something should I introduce myself so and I did and, and we've been friends ever since but it's it's yeah, I, 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 it is hard to break out and to, to make that first move. It is, but but that's so, I mean, so great, whether it's on social media or in person, just just say hello, just make, make the effort to connect because, I mean, I've never encountered someone who's just like iced me out or hasn't said hello or been friendly. I mean, it's really so, so much easier than it seems to create these connections that are often lasting, you know, um, yes. really lovely. Um, changing gears just a little bit, I'd love to talk about launch and how you approach launching for your books, because again, you kind of launched, you know, in during the time of, of the pandemic. And I've had two books come out in the last two years. And <laughs> The launch was pretty sad for both of them because I had to pivot and, you know, do things mostly online. But how do you approach the launch? Do you hire outside help, like an outside publicist? Do you do mostly digital events? Are you doing bookstore events, ticketed events? Kind of take us through that. So Woman on the Edge and Watch Out for Her were totally different. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about Watch Out for Her because it's my most recent. So again, my publishing team has yes. done so much for me. I know, I know. I really, I really love this great team. So they um, both times gave me the launch of my dreams and and um, just the amount of, they, they, the amount of press and media and exposure that they give me, that they work to give me, um, I could never do myself, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Uh, so I don't hire outside um, publicists. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, and I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have the budget. Like I don't have the budget. Yeah. I've, you know, braces here with the kids, they got braces, totally. they got, you know, um, just everything. I don't, I don't have the budget for that. I can't. So um, I rely on um, author friends mm -hmm. to help support me. Yes. I reach out as much as I can um, doing digital events, so libraries and bookstores and book clubs. And um, I have been fortunate to be invited to many, many, many places by many wonderful people. So I do get invited, uh, with, like I said, you know, book clubs, libraries, uh, bookstores, like it was mostly online. Sure. I have just started doing a few in-person events, mm -hmm. whether or not that will continue because things are starting to get a little Little, I know, I know, I can't. I yeah, I'm going for my 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 fourth shot today, actually. And wow, yeah, yeah, and here's hoping. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with the in person. Sure. I want to do in person so much. I want to travel. I really going to New York City. Yeah, and to do Thriller Fits, and I went into the Barnes and Nobles to sign my books. And, oh, it was it was the and I'm actually, my dad is, was born in Queens. So I'm, cool. I'm a dual citizen, I'm American and I'm Canadian. That's amazing. And I feel like a New Yorker, you know, in my yeah. heart and a Toronto, but to go into a, a, a bookstore in the US oh, and sign. Nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing like it. So we'll see. So, so it's just a lot of, of 
different moving pieces. I will say what I do love about online is how accessible that is. Yes. I can talk to you. You're in Nashville. I'm in Toronto and we can really. Um, And so that's been awesome getting to talk to all of these people all over the world. Completely. Is wonderful. But I prefer, um, I like human human touch. Of course, especially after the last two and a half years. It's like, I think everybody is craving face to face. Yes. Um, so take me through, do you have a typical writing day or do you write every day? Are you a morning writer? Do you try to hit a word count? Like what's, what's your structure and setup like? So no, never try to hit a word count. It would stress me out to no end. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, okay. I, I can't, um, for me, I am a very early morning writer Get up at four yes. or 5am. It is not something I necessarily want to do. It was something I had to do during the pandemic to get mm-hmm. things done. And then it just kept continuing. I, I can't sleep past 6 a.m. anymore. I don't know what happened to me. I was that, that girl who could sleep till noon, yeah. eat something and go back to bed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that was my, you know, my, my, my early, my 20s. But now, yeah, so I'm up at four or five. I do my very best writing in the morning in a dark house. And I usually write for two or three hours. Nice. And I just go until I can go no longer. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, think about generally finishing a scene or a chapter. It's just literally, I, I go until I can go no longer. It's just whatever is coming out of me and then I'll stop. And then I might edit that same day or I might leave it alone. Um, I, I always listen to music before I write. So I do, I choose songs specifically to get into my character's mindset. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. So a lot of like hard drum beats yes raw vocals and like pain soaked ballads <laughs> yes I love that <laughs> and then um I will switch gears so uh well generally if my kids you know, go to school then I'm you know getting my kids ready to go to school or whatever it is then I will switch generally to the social media my emails mm-hmm. and I will be perfectly honest then I will go back to writing and I have a hard time a very hard time not constantly checking social media emails whatever's going yep. on yep. I can hide my phone I can do that yep. um what's the name of that thing if you write in 15 minute increments oh yeah I know what you're talking about I can't yeah, think of it. yeah. Every okay so all those things they they don't work for me because I don't like to be confined. yes at all so if someone's like if someone says try this strategy or this structure or just it's the same as Scribner yes I and Wordle, the problem, you know, what the problem, somebody tells me to do something, <laughs> to try something that everyone else has tried. That's I can't, him I, and I, I, do. I live with <laughs> a 10 year old who literally will not do anything like anyone else ever. And she just, she, I mean, she is literally two faced and she's like, I'm a Gemini. That's what I'm supposed to be. And it's maddening. <laughs> yes. Yes. And not two faced in the sense that we're going to talk. No, about no, no, you no. Your back, but no, 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 just, yeah. I mean, I've actually wondered, I'm like, are you demonstrating like bipolar tendencies, honestly, because she it's, it's a very, yes. so truly. Yeah, no, I am just with me. It's, I am, uh, I'm really easygoing. Actually. Yes. You seem like it. Yeah. If you're my friend, I'm totally sure. easygoing. Um, and I, I, yeah, just, I, I go with the flow, but at the same time, I adhere to a very strict schedule. Yes. I don't like people messing with it. Yep. Do not touch my computer. Do not touch oh, my yes. computer. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. This really is like a Gemini thing. 
<laughs> I'm just putting yes. it all. Yes, and if someone keeps telling me, if one more person tells me to try Wordle, like I'm not going to try it no. until the trend is over. Yes, I don't even yes. know what it is because I I like block out. <laughs> I'm so old school. I just like want everything to be simple and go back yeah. to like landlines and carrier pigeons and call it a <laughs> and letters <laughs> and writing letters to each other. Yes. Oh my god, I miss yes, like handwriting letters. It's, it's it's the best, and it's kind of a lost art. Um, last question before our fun little quick lightning round. Um, I'd love to know just in your experience and having been kind of on this long journey, but what do you think people often misunderstand most about being a published author? Uh, I would say that it, ha that it happens quickly, that it was easy for people, that it happens quickly, that people aren't struggling, there aren't suffering, because there's also, you know, we trust our author friends mm -hmm. and between us we share things about publishing and we tell each other things but we do have to be careful what we're saying you know in a public sphere um you want to be very careful what you're putting online you don't want things to be misconstrued or um for them to be misinterpreted so when we talk about our journeys and we talk about where we're at and how hard it was mm -hmm. um you know the first inclination, I think, for me, of course, is to talk about how excited I am because I am so excited. Sure. You know, whenever you know, if I hit a list or I've been I've been included in this beautiful piece of you know a roundup of, of books for whatever mm -hmm. reason, you know, a lot of times I will say I feel so grateful because it took me so long because I want people to know. But other times I'll just say I'm you know I'm so excited and I'm so happy, and leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but when I do leave it at that, just simply because I, whatever reason I've decided to leave mm -hmm. it at that, or maybe I think no one needs to hear about my, my difficult journey one more time. Um, I, I do feel sometimes that authors who are so afraid they'll never get there or who are working and they're getting rejected, they'll think I can, I can't do it. I can't yeah. get to where she is. I can't do it. You know, I, I, you know, I'm 60 years old. I can't do it. I, I'm too old, whatever it is. There's a writer, her name is Barbara Conway. Mm -hmm. She was 70, 70 when her debut published. 70 years old, her second book is coming out. And if she can do it at 70, yes. then anybody can, anybody go, you can do this because it's never too late. And it, it's not easy for, I don't know any over no, success I don't know any, no. yeah I don't know anyone who's like this whole thing has been such a joke it's also no easy. no completely great answer okay we're gonna end with just a little fun lightning round kind of saying the the first thing that pops into your head um ready here we go okay um best moment as a published author uh being with my kids and seeing my book on a shelf for the first time and saying mommy did it Oh, there's, there's nothing like that moment. Um, biggest thing you've learned on your path to publication. Never give up. Mm -hmm. Words to live by. <laughs> uh, favorite thing to do when you're not working. Oh, I have so many. Um, okay. So, uh, watching television, yes. uh, the more escapist, the better. 
reading books, the more escapist, the better. I love singing karaoke with my friends in private rooms. Fun. I love dancing. So when I could go out dancing, I used to love, love, love dancing and pulling weeds in my backyard because it's the biggest stress reliever. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. It's the best. Um, what's one thing you wish all writers knew? What is one thing that's, what is one thing I wish all writers knew? Anything is possible. So true. So true. Um, if you weren't an author, you'd be a psychologist. Oh, yeah, I think I would be too. Minored in psychology in college. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you stay grounded? Um, when my kids, because my kids tell me how lame I am and uncool <laughs> I am all the time. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll work. Um, they love me. They're so proud of me. But at the same time, I'm lame and uncool. So. Yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, wine or beer? Wine. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Always coffee. Uh, fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Fiction. Um, best book you've read so far in 2022? Wow. I think I've read, oh my God, I've read so. Or anything that like stands out that you're like, yes, this is, this one is awesome. Uh, it's also a hard question because there are so many that I have loved so much. Okay, Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. Oh gosh, I've got that one on my bookshelf right now. Yeah, um, yeah. She's just, I think she's just a master. She's yeah, a master. She, she really is. A mistress? What is that? Do we call her something? Mistress? I don't oh, know. It feels like, uh, that's like, a really good question. Yeah, mistress is not the right word, but I feel no, like but we need our own, our own. Why have I never word. even thought about that? That's I thought about it a lot. And I just feel like yeah. mistress, no. No. The same yeah. as master. Oh, that's that's a good yeah. one. Okay, I'm gonna work on that. Um, <laughs> what types of writing would you like to see more of in the world? I would just in general like to see uh, an embracing. Of, of I'm going to put quote unquote unlikable women. Mm, yes, yes. <clears throat> I write yes, only unlikable so women. <laughs> yes. So sorry for my allergies. It's whenever like the, the ragweed is crazy here. Um, and I'm yeah, same here. Um, yeah, I just, I don't even understand what it means to be likable or unlikable. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, for me, I want to follow somebody's compelling journey and the more complicated and actually the more flawed somebody is the more believable they are to me and the more interesting i agree i agree um what's one author everyone should read that you love or that you think check out this person's work they're great Ooh, this is this is hard again there are so many um oh gillian flynn oh yeah is she gonna come out with another book well, I ever? think she's she's doing a lot of screenwriting I think I think she's yeah. done a ton of screenwriting but Gillian Flynn was you know really when I read Gone Girl yes me was too. kind of that moment I'd, I'd been reading mysteries and thrillers my whole life I but wanted to was. write them yes yes yes, yes. That, that was a turning point for me too I was like was oh, it I want to write a book like this like uh-huh yeah she was she was the shit is the she, shit yeah she is the <laughs> shit um, one goal, I know we kind of talked about this, but one goal you haven't hit yet is. 
I now you know I said it before, but this now actually stating it. Yes. I right. don't want to jinx it. So it's such a funny thing. So um, a goal, another goal. You know what I want? I want to go on uh, a U.S. book tour. Oh, that's a great goal. That's yeah, a, I really that, want that. That um, that is totally doable. I like that. Put that out into the world. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, what are you working on next and where can readers connect with you to find out more? Uh, so right now I am writing my next thriller that is uh, currently called book three. <laughs> Love it. Great title. Right. Really marketable. Um, and it is a story of women seeking different lives and mm. all the risks and dangers that ensue when you have that goal. Love it. Yes. And so where can readers connect with me? I am very active on Instagram at the S. Bailey Books. I'm very active on Facebook, uh, Samantha Bailey author. I am on Twitter, but I am less active on Twitter at S. Bailey Books. And my website is samanthaandbailey.com. Amazing. Samantha, thank you so much. Such a pleasure and breath of fresh air to chat with you and can't wait to read what you put out next. Thank you, Rhea. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.